Amen. Yeah. So today, what are we talking about? Let's today go. we're talking about bias. Bias. Yeah, we were talking a lot about it yesterday. So yeah. if you didn't get a chance to watch yesterday, make sure you watch yesterday's. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, yeah. my sister's watching too. Wow. wow. All the family. The All family. the family. The numbers are growing. Amen. They are. Glory to God. So we talked about bias yesterday, yeah. and we really laid the foundation for it. Mm -hmm. Today I really wanted to talk and get into some questions and answers about that, have yeah. some interaction. Mm -hmm. I know we had conversation last night at men's group yeah. uh, along, along a similar topic. Mm -hmm. We had conversation. You were talking yesterday about bias. And can you see yesterday how... Uh, important this topic is mm -hmm. and I think you were seeing that yeah. yesterday yeah. like really seeing it was yeah. really important and yesterday too the anointing was really strong during the broadcast during the end yeah. of it Kevin uh, Kevin Buck we saw him earlier he came in and he's like so were you like there during the end of the broadcast because I was just like oh like sitting there like wow like I was like, I probably look crazy right now, but that's how strong it was, and that's how good the message was. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, it was funny too because we were talking about how the anointing brings um, God brings revelation, and that's how yeah. you want to receive understanding. And and what it was a demonstration of it happening in that moment, yeah. which was yeah. really cool. Well, and and we can talk about the details of that later if you like to. But if the Lord, we feel led of the Lord. But what was neat about it, just this portion is. Uh, first, what is it? First John two twenty says you have the unction mm -hmm. and you know. Yeah. So that word unction is anointing. So when the anointing is flowing, that's how knowledge increases is by the anointing. Yeah. Um, and so that anointing was truly flowing. Yeah. If you didn't get a chance to watch the broadcast yesterday, absolutely go back and watch yeah. it. Maybe we can put the link in the comments. But um, watch that broadcast yeah. because and we'll definitely put the link in the description uh, because we really set a foundation for not walking in bias but as the Holy Ghost just helped us his anointing like I know for you you gave me a testimony afterwards was I, I realized something and God brought knowledge to something I hadn't thought about in years but this has been an ongoing problem that I've had for years and years and years and it came because of the anointing. And how many times over the years have you tried to come up with an answer or solve that issue and under the anointing, see when, you know, it's like evangelist Mark Dunphy's here. When he's, when he's ministering and that anointing is flowing, you know, it doesn't just have to be while we're ministering. We can carry the anointing 24-7, right? Yeah. But while, while that anointing is flowing, whether it be ministry or not, that is what we need. That is what people need. We People need a flow of the anointing, but that solved something you've been trying to solve for years and yeah. brought brought light to it. You know? Yeah, it was so good. And there were all different facets of the message. Yeah. Like uh, we talked about different things that I wasn't expecting for us to talk about. Like we, we talked about, um, you had some major points at the beginning, which were that God is all-knowing. Yeah. He's all-knowing. God is also all loving like he yes. loves us so much and those points were really strong too yeah, yeah. and um, also the the verse that you pulled out i had never quite seen it connected with bias when you pulled out the jeremiah yeah. i had never really like i knew that okay we shouldn't have bias but i didn't quite i wasn't quite attaching it to a scripture verse that that i knew of and that like like i wasn't quite sure and then you pulled up jeremiah and i was like there it is and you were talking yeah. about uh, needing to give god your whole 
heart and yes. without giving him your whole heart, there's bias yeah. there and there's the issue. And that was, it was really strong. Yeah, we have, well, in that verse, and, and we'll go there. So there's two. One is Jeremiah 24, 7, and the other one is Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. And both of those really lay a groundwork. And I, I saw this years ago, uh, probably, probably before we even moved to Albemarle. So that was in the early 2000s when I got revelation of it. But it changed my whole life, and it's continued to change because I realized that I need to be unbiased. And what I, and of course, when I got that revelation, I realized just how much bias I was bringing into mm-hmm. all of my decisions. And when you realize that and you realize the importance of it, all of a sudden you, you, you realize, wow, this is life-changing. And it, yeah. and it truly is. So let's look at this. Um, you know, when we, when we go to what you were just talking about is when we see that God knows everything. He has absolute knowledge. He is omniscient. He knows everything. And just, if you would, put that in the comments right now. Just say, Say, God has absolute knowledge. You know, God has absolute knowledge. He's omniscient. He knows everything. And he knows every detail about you, so much so that he knows the number of hairs on your head, even after you took a shower that morning. He knows the new number, right? He knows all the time the number, your hairs are numbered. And uh, God has absolute knowledge. The second thing is that God loves us with an absolute love. Yeah. Yeah. He, he loves us. And so put that, God loves us with an absolute love. So when you pair those two things together, and we know that we, and the Bible tells us, we see through a glass darkly. On our own, we have limited knowledge. Now, through Christ, we can, he'll share things with us. Mm-hmm. Through the Holy Ghost, he'll share things with us. But on our own, we have limited knowledge. And we grow up, grew up in a corrupted world that taught us the ways of limited knowledge. Yeah. But we have access to the absolute knowledge. So when you pair absolute knowledge and his great love for us, his absolute love for us, that shows us that he knows everything that we need to do. He knows all the details. He knows everything that's happened, everything that's happening now, and everything that's going to happen. And when you combine those two, why in the world would I try to to build my own house, right? Why would I try to build my own house when God, it says in Psalms 127, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Why would I try to make my own decisions? Why would I try to even think through a process when God has all of that, and he'll give it to me. Jesus said, I call you friends, and I will disclose myself to you. So I will share with you that knowledge, because a friend shares uh, knowledge with another friend. That's what he, what he gives us in John. So if we have access to that, why? and he is absolute knowledge and absolute love, when you pair those two together, and he's not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly, in other words, if I will access him according to this word by faith, hope, and love, and I will access him and do it right, then he's not withholding that knowledge. He's not withholding those plans from me. Why would I try to come up with them on my own when he sees all, knows all, and loves me with all, right? Yeah. And so we see, okay, in other words, 
there is a supply of God's wisdom that's there for us to have. And the only thing that really blocks us from that is ourselves. And one of those things that blocks it majorly, and you're going to see this in these verses, is having a bias. And what a bias simply is this, is does God truly have our whole heart? So if I'm coming up to a decision, and I gave the example yesterday of a red car or a blue car, and I've got to make a decision. You know, which one do I want? Or I go, and I, let's say I'm forming an event. Lord, do I do it on this day or this day, right? Um, let's say that if on one day uh, there's something else I want to do in the flesh, right? And the other day is free. And so I might say, well, let's do it on this day. Lord, which one do you want me to do? But on the inside, in our heart, we're going, but I really want it on this day because then I can do the other thing too. Yeah. Now we're biased. That's not our whole heart. We have a bias there. And we're trying to get God to confirm what our flesh wants. Yeah. Okay? That's a bias. We're, we want God to tell us something that's really rooted in our flesh or there's something there for some reason that wants it to fall a certain way. We have to get rid of that bias. And that's what you're going to see in these verses. And so if it's a red car or blue car, I told the story yesterday how I wanted a blue car and it wasn't available. I got the red car and it was the biggest, one of the biggest blessings I'd ever had having that red car. And you yeah. wouldn't think it'd be that big of a difference, but it was. And I ended up praising God for having mercy on me. You know, me thinking I wanted the blue car when I actually really in the end, I wanted the red car. And uh, I didn't know that, but because God in his great wisdom and his great love for me, he knew he had a plan for me and he got that great thing to me. Had I made the decision on my own without consulting him, I would have gotten the lesser. Yeah. Yeah. So when we have bias, we want to make sure that God has our whole heart. Yeah, we want to get rid of that bias so that God has our whole heart. Put that in the comments right now. To walk in God's best I must give him my whole heart. Yeah. So when I'm making a decision and I have, I'm leaning towards one or the other, that in itself is a bias. I want to I look at that decision and say, you know what? In the flesh, I would rather have this, but Lord, you're so good. You're so loving and you know so much. I fully trust with my whole heart. I fully trust Whichever one you tell me, even if it looks like it's the worst, mm -hmm. I trust that whatever you tell me is going to be the best. Yeah. And so if you really want to start exposing these things, you know, let me, if you had a real job offer right now, a real job offer to make $250,000 and you had another one to make $25,000 and you lay it on the table, which one would you take? Now, see, we could, we could kind of shield ourselves in our little righteous place and be like, oh, I would take the 25000 if if you know I would be unbiased. But if that was a real job offer on the table, mm -hmm. you're going to be like, yeah. my life would completely change with this job offer and this money, yeah. and, and it would be a bias in the flesh for most people. We want to deal with that. We yeah. want to make sure that we have dealt with those biases, say, Lord, yeah. literally, Whatever you tell me to do, I know it's going to be best because you can see what one thing's going to lead to, how it's going to affect. Maybe I take the 25000 this year and it leads me to make 500 10 years from now for the rest of my life. Or maybe I take the two fifty and it actually destroys me because I wasn't ready or in the position to receive it properly. 
And so we want to deal with bias. We yeah. want to make sure that it's done right. Did you have yeah. something? No, um, really just a lot of this has really been like new, new to me. You know, like uh, I, I haven't even ever heard of the topic of bias before, mm -hmm. you know, we moved here. And I know a lot of times before when I, I had bias, I was completely oblivious to it. Yeah. Like, like, That's a great point. Um, yeah. I had no idea that it was even a thing, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, just having this revelation is huge. Yeah. And um, being able to recognize that there is the potential of bias, you know. Yeah. It, like, just changes the way you approach decisions now. Like, yes. it changed the way I approach decisions now. But, like, um, so I, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, basically, when, because bias uh, is often, like, in, a deceptive way it shows itself in a in kind of deception where i don't normally notice that i have bias until yeah. it's too late you know what i right. mean and so do you know like are there any red flags of like there might be a bias here or you know sure. what i mean like yeah. any, any yeah. things that i can be aware of so that if i'm making a decision and i could you know i might have a piece in my mind right you know oh yeah this looks good this seems convenient this seems right when really it's just a bias, like it yeah. looks right, you know, yeah. instead of, no, and I have that piece of my spirit. Is there any like red flags where I can identify this is bias? Yeah. Well, I think actively, and, and I want to read these verses to yeah. kind of set that foundation, but okay. I think actively recognizing that bias is, we have a bias in our flesh. It's mm -hmm. built in. Yeah. It, it's a fleshly uh, when you go over into First John and you read the last three verses of First John 1, mm -hmm. you see that he says, if you think you have no sin, mm -hmm. then you are deceiving yourself. What he's talking about is not that you in the spirit have no sin. Your spirit man has no sin. Yeah. Made a completely new creation. It's not talking about the spirit man. So understanding the three parts of men is very three parts of man mm -hmm. is very important yeah. in this spirit, soul, and body. And so our flesh is always carrying in it the corruption of sin and therefore the corruption of bias until we have a new glorified body. Mm -hmm. That's why we need a new glorified body is so that we can ditch this forever, mm -hmm. uh, which happens in that twinkling of an eye and when we're changed, uh, when we're raptured uh, in that millennial reign, uh, we will have new glorified bodies. So we don't have this body of flesh. So you get rid of that bias. That bias comes from our fleshly appetites. It's always present. It doesn't mean it's ruling. It's just present. We have to recognize what First John is saying is recognize it. And so the, the issue is that when, when we know about bias, then what, one of the first things when we're making decisions that we need to do is say, where do I have bias? Mm -hmm. Like just... Put that as part of your standard operating procedure in making, in making decisions. Yeah. Where do I have bias? What does my flesh want to do? Mm -hmm. you know, and we talked about it yesterday. Your flesh, for the most part, it all, it's always at war with God. That's what the Bible says. So it, it is that way. But yeah. sometimes your flesh can want to do what the Spirit of the Lord wants to do. But what's different, what's at war is its reasons. You know, yeah. So I gave the example of, I, I can see, and I've had the Holy Ghost say, 
take your wife on you know a great vacation on your 20th anniversary to Hawaii. Well, my flesh was on board with that. You know, <laughs> my my flesh was on board with that. It was like, yes, let's do it. But see, my flesh was on board not because it wanted to love on my wife and give love. My flesh was on board because my flesh wanted to go. So yeah. the motivation for doing it's not the thing that's always going to be different. It's the motivation behind it, <laughs> wanting to please itself and do its own thing. Interesting. To me, though, like, okay, where do I have bias? It almost feels like I don't want to ask yeah. that question. <laughs> like, I don't want to, yeah. like, because it's it's being super honest and kind of yeah. it, it feels like I don't I don't want to open that door. Like, you know, when you have sometimes people end up having this one closet that is so full. Yeah. That if you open it up, everything will yeah. fall out. Asking that question almost to the flesh can feel like I don't want to open it, and then everything's sure. gonna fall out. But see, the issue is you already have the junk in the closet. Yeah. So it's already affecting you in a negative way. But if we'll go ahead and just open the door and let it unload and get it out of there, yeah. the love of God, his absolute love demands that the blessing be in our life. So it's it's just going to, you might have this little feeling of a dip at first, but then it's just going to take off the yeah. blessing of God. So we yeah. want to get to that, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's one of those things like where you were saying, I, you know, I didn't even know this was a thing. And so when you realize that it is there, and we can clearly see that it's there, and based off of yesterday and today, we can clearly see when you realize that bias is present, and, and when we look at these next couple of verses, realize what it does, then all of a sudden you realize, I'm never going to fulfill my destiny until I learn how to deal with this. And, and the issue is, how many Christians know about this? How many times have you heard it ministered on? You know, none. None. I talk about it quite often because it comes into play all the time. People are making decisions all the time. Let me, let me give you an example. And, and uh, then we'll read these verses and then we'll go back. And then if you have any questions on bias, make sure that you start putting them in the comments now. But um, a few years ago, uh, Barrett and George were going on a vacation and they, they, I forget exactly, it was like August or September or something. Go in November on the anniversary. Okay. And um, they, obviously, they wanted to go on vacation. They wanted to go on that week during their honeymoon and everything. But they had learned a part of the wisdom of sinking confirmation. And now, in this instance, they did not apply a physical fleshly bias, which was so good, and it saved them. So they said, hey, uh, pastor... They, they had learned about how a pastor has an anointing to oversee. And even if something seems completely fine on paper and you've dealt with bias and everything, everything seems completely fine on paper, it's good to access an anointing that has an anointing to oversee. It's good to do that. You can, you can be better. And so anyway, they said, Pastor, like we want to go take uh, this vacation. Do you have any checks on it? I was like, you know what? I do have a check on it. Like, I don't think you're supposed to go there on those dates. Yeah. And and why? I have no answer for that. I can I just I'm telling you what I got right here. You know, I have I don't have any answer for why except for I believe I have a check on it. Well, they listened. Now what would their bias be in that situation? This is our anniversary. 
This is where we went on our honeymoon. Wasn't that right? This is where we went on our honeymoon. We want to celebrate our honeymoon. We want to celebrate our anniversary on those dates. Wouldn't the flesh be pushing towards that direction, right? Yeah. But but they put their bias down and said, okay, we'll, we'll figure something out. And did y'all go to a different place? You went on a different date, same place, but a different date. And, and that one felt fine. Well, come to find out, the week that they would have been there, a hurricane blew over and everything was shut down. They would have had to go through all this hassle and everything. So that check. Now, had they had bias on it? No, we're going to our place. It's our day, right? It's yeah. our day. But the Holy Ghost had a wisdom in, in his in God's all-inclusive wisdom, right, he had a wisdom knowing what was coming up. And because they had the humility to check and the understanding of an anointing to oversee that's in a pastor, and they, got, they sought confirmation first. And then they didn't allow bias to get in the way of the decision. They avoided all of that, had a great trip. They never had to go through the hassle of getting money refunded, find another time, and do all this stuff because of that. So bias would, if they would have had bias, if they would have been sitting there in the middle of a hurricane, you know, yeah. so that's yeah. the kind of thing. So um, let's look at this, this Jeremiah 24, seven, these are the key verses. He says, I will give them a heart to know me for I am the Lord for they will be my people and I will be their God for they will return to me with their whole heart. They will return to me with their whole heart, with their whole heart, mm -hmm. not part of their heart, with their whole heart. Now, what this is talking about is if you see some people say that when you say heart in the Bible, it's talking about the spirit of man. And many times it is, but not every time. Sometimes when you see heart, you see that it's talking about the core, the, the average of who you are. What it, what it really means is, what is your mind renewed to? Because your spirit, when you understand, excuse me, when you understand the three parts of man, your spirit is, if you're born again, you're completely renewed. Your spirit man is, thinks like God thinks. It's righteous. It's holy like God thinks. Your flesh is unrenewed. It's unrighteous. And it thinks like the flesh thinks, right? Uh, but the mind is where that balance is tilted one way or the other. The more our mind is renewed, the more we will go to one area or the other. So yeah. when we're first born again, our mind is not renewed and we need to get in the word. It thinks more like the flesh. The more we get in the word, the more we understand God's nature, his character, his ways, his promises. Our mind starts to cause the weight to shift more towards the spirit instead of the flesh, okay? So when it says here that who give their whole heart towards me, that means that I give all of my thinking, all of who I am. He has my whole heart, not just a piece of it. Yeah. So see, a lot of times we do things and we, we kind of are like, I want to do this. And we tap God on the end of it. Like now we're holy because God has some part to play. God doesn't want just some part. He wants our whole heart. He wants the whole part right? Put that in the comments, please. God wants the whole of who we are. He wants our whole heart. God wants our whole heart. And so not just a part, but our whole heart. And so it's not enough for us just to be going to church and not open up our heart to change. How many, 
you understand the Pharisees did that. The Pharisees went to church, did all the rules, all the things, but they didn't have a heart to change. God didn't have, God was stamped on it. They looked holy to most people, but they weren't because he didn't have their whole heart. All right, so God made this promise. They will return. How many of us want to return to God and get in his presence where all the answers are, where all the solutions are? What did God just say? The only way you're going to get there is that you give me your whole heart. So if we're not willing to open our whole self up, open those closets, Mm -hmm. right, then we're going to have a hard time getting into the full answer. Okay, and what we're talking about is bias. Now go to Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare or for you to fare well, to be blessed, not for calamity and not for it. God has no plan. I love this statement. God has no plans for calamity in my life. God has no plans for tragedy. Tragedy happens in your life. Calamity happens in your life. That was never in God's playbook. It was not in God's playbook. That's not his, that's not his plan. Yeah. He has plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope, Bible hope, and to give you a future and joy, to give you a future and confidence, to give you a future and expectation of great things. Then you will call upon me, verse 12, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when, there's a condition, Mm -hmm. You will seek me and find me. You will seek my answers and find my answers. You will seek my solutions and find my solutions. You will seek my wisdom and find my wisdom. And when, when we seek him, we're seeking all of who he is. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. So if I'm not giving God my whole heart, I'm not going to find him. I might find a piece of it, but not all of what I need. So that's where bias comes in. Then it says, I will. He makes us a promise. When we search for him with all our heart, hear this. This is God speaking. I will be found by you. I will be found by you. So we have a promise if we'll just get bias out of the way. We have a promise if we'll just get bias out of the way. So how many people are not accessing that because they've not taken the time to do it? I can tell you I watch it all the time. People want a certain thing, and they are so biased in it, and it now that bias, I mean, it completely clouds their whole decision-making process, and they go down this whole path and not realizing that the path itself is a bias. Yeah. And then they think that they're like, well, Lord, just show me what to do on this path. And God, if they could back up, God would say, I don't even want you on the path. Yeah. I don't even want you on the path. Yeah. What are, why are you on that path? You know, many I watch this many times when people are looking for a, a, a spouse or a, a girlfriend or boyfriend. I, I see that many times. They're on the path trying to, Lord, just show me, give me this spouse. Just give me, you know, show me this uh, girlfriend, show me this boyfriend, whatever. They're, they're looking for this partner. They're looking for this spouse, and they're on this path. Well, what's the biblical example we have of it when everything was not under the curse? Be about the business of God like Adam was, and God will recognize the need, and he'll create someone for you. Just go after God. Not the path of trying to find the spouse. Go after God. Go after God. Do what he says. So a lot of times people in their bias, they're so the world has created this hunger in their heart 
from the flesh to have this spouse that they all of their thinking is on this or I've just got to I got I just feel so lonely. Get, spend time with Jesus. You won't be lonely, you know? Well, that's just not the same. It is the same. If you can't find a solution in Jesus, it's never going to be in the boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse. Like it's never going to be. So then, then that bias, it just keeps going and going. And they'll get on the path of, they go to church to find, not find God, find a spouse, right? Yeah. And they're on a whole path. That if they actually got them biased, God would say, get off of that path. Stop yeah. it. You know, get off of that path. Yeah. And so our bias many times, well, I just need, I need to minister. Okay. I need to minister. I got to have my own ministry. Says who? How did you come to that conclusion? Uh You know, how did, and many times it's a fear of not being seen properly. It's a fear of time passing and it's based in fear and a bias of the flesh to be known for something. And the whole biased thought process put them on the path that God never told them to be on. He never told them to be on. Yeah, the correlation there is interesting where when you seek with him with your whole heart then you'll be found by him and it's funny because I can look at different times in my life where I'm, I didn't quite feel like I was finding him and I'm like why is why is God so far away from me yeah. it was because of the bias because it wasn't I wasn't seeking with my whole heart and the yeah. reason why this is so important is because like the deception that you're talking about the deception I, I can point to different times with me I was deceived that I was giving God my whole heart Right. I thought I was you giving him you were. my yeah. whole heart. So I'm thinking, God, I'm doing everything. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm praying. I'm. I'm trying to do it your way. I'm trying to find your solutions, but not knowing that this desire that yeah. I had was blocking things. Because I'm thinking in my mind, okay, I can have this desire, but I'll still listen to God. Like I have this desire. Right. I want. If I have a path, right. I want to go on this path. Right. But I'm thinking to myself, but I'll if I'll hear God. God, if God tells me to do the other one, I'll keep this desire, but I'll, I'll keep my ear open and I'll hear God if He yeah. says, "Okay, I really want you to go out this way." The problem was the desire was so strong. We, I did. I wasn't it, seeking with my whole heart. Yep, it made you not have a whole heart towards Him. Yeah. yeah. So I was I was very confused on different yeah. points in my yeah. life. Very confused because of this right yeah. here. And then it le- literally led me to the place of God doesn't even want to talk to me. God doesn't want to lead me. Yeah. All because I had this desire in because my heart. Of bias. All because of bias. Yeah. I got super off. Like yeah. in, not only in on the path, but in my relationship and fellowship. Yeah. All this stems down to bias. Yeah. And not knowing that it was, not realizing, oh, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. And there hasn't been much talk about it. And then when you do talk about it, it's like, uh, so if people have not gotten revelation of this, and then let's say that you didn't have revelation of this, and then I started to tell you, I was like, sounds like you're biased to me. It, what the answer to that out of the flesh, man, is you just need to get out of my business. Stop telling me what to do. I I know God wants me to do this. No, 
many times you're deceived thinking God wants mm -hmm. you to do this, but you don't realize that that backed up all the way, way back to where you had a bias thinking it should go one way, but because the bias was there, you couldn't see what God wanted to. So now you've stamped God's seal of approval on it when it wasn't actually God. It was the God that we were serving you know, on our throne, but it wasn't the God of the universe. It was our own flesh yeah. God. You and know? in those moments, so. a lot of times I, when I haven't heard something, I'm like, yeah. well, I'm not hearing what to do. I've been asking, yeah. so I'm just going to make a decision. I've been there. I've done it. I, I, it yeah. And then it's like it's so it day. makes me cringe on the inside right now, but I know I've done the exact same thing, which is why this is important. Yeah, no fun. No. And then you blame God because yeah. well Lord, I was asking you what to do and yeah. I felt like you were on this, yeah. not realizing that our bias pushed us in a ditch the whole way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, well, I was doing everything right. I guess he doesn't care is what the flesh is saying, which is very very wrong. Very wrong. Yeah, and, and that's, you can see how this, this has affected the church, even ministers. Like, if I can, I can talk to most ministers, most pastors, I'll, I'll just say pastors. I can talk to most pastors, the majority of pastors, this is easy for me to say, and talk to them about why they're pastoring, and I'll, and I'll find, and I'll find out they were biased the whole way. They were never supposed to be a pastor, but they thought they were, you know, and there's reasons for it. And so now you've got people that out of their bias are in a pulpit leading people without the gifting and the calling and the anointing to do so. No wonder we got in such a jam, you know. I love, you know, I love your testimony. You've said it multiple times since you've been here. It's like, I thought I knew what a pastor was, you know, basically. I didn't even say it in your own words, but, you know, you realize, man, this is a real pastor, you know, in that way. And so that's important. It's yeah. When people need to have that gifting and calling and be patient to let the Lord establish it that with all their heart. I wanted to do other things. You know, I didn't want to go a certain path. I wanted to do things earlier than I did, but I listened till when the time the Lord told me to pastor. I waited till that gifting was manifested. And in the process, you get in the right place at the right time doing things. But it doesn't always happen the way our flesh thinks it ought to happen. You know, I thought... I thought we should have a lot more people early on, a lot more people, but we didn't. You know why? Because I needed some work on Brian. Even though I was pastoring, I was right to be there, I needed some work on me. And my bias was that I didn't want to wait that long, and I thought I shouldn't be having more success. But I, And put this in the comment, humility is the antidote to deception. Yeah. Humility is the antidote to deception. So my deception was that I was arrived enough to have a bigger bigger church than what we did. But I was deceived in that. I wasn't arrived enough. I didn't have all the tools I needed. I had the tools to be where we were, but not the tools for more because God was actually planning a greater, a bigger building of our ministry, not talking about a physical building, but in the future, the ministry was going to be much bigger than what I originally thought, have a, more of an international uh, you know, uh, presence, but I couldn't see all of that at the beginning. All I saw was a church in Albemarle. That's it. Now, the issue is that had I only gone after the bias of a church in Albemarle, we would be limited for the rest of our days. 
But because of humility and seeking the Lord in humility and not having a bias and an assumption towards it, it opened up the full plan of what God had. And I gave myself in humility to what he was planning on doing instead of having a bias towards it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm watching now, years later, years later, not just a few days or weeks or months, years later, years later, I'm watching now some things come into being that are huge. You know, they, I mean, they are huge. And I could have never pieced all of that stuff together on my own, but God could yeah. if we'll humble ourselves to his plan. So. Yeah. No, I was just thinking, like, you know, what, what does Jesus say? He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? You know, like, a lot of times, we, because of our bias, and we've identified our bias with the Lord. Yeah. You know, well, like, you, it, it's the reality of, of um, I, so many people just kind of do what they want and expect God to bless it. Yes. Know? Like, they, they choose their spouse, they choose their job, they choose their yes. church, they choose... All of these different things, you know, like how yeah. many times have people come up to you and said, Pastor, this is what we're going to do. This is what we, they, but they don't actually ask you, do you have confirmation yes. on that? Do you have peace on that? But this is what we're going to do. And how many times have you known full well, that's not the Lord, you know, and then you see it unravel before yeah. your eyes. Mm -hmm. But like probably how many 30 or 40 times over the years specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like yeah. how many times like have, have we done that with God? God, this is what I, I think I'm going to do. Lord, bless it. And then yeah. he's like, I can't bless it because I didn't ordain it. I didn't yeah. author it. I didn't author it, yeah. yeah. And, so, and so this is like, and that's And how then who do we blame when it doesn't work? Yeah. You know, either pastors or, or God yeah. or, you know, like, it can't be me. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. certainly it's not me. Certainly not. Yeah. But like, but like, I, I've seen it happen. I've done that. You know, yeah. where, where, oh no, th this is the Lord. You know, this is what I believe the Lord would do yeah. because it looks right, it feels right, it seems right, just like the fruit. You know, yeah. it looked good, it seemed right, and uh, you know, just because, it, and so like, and it seems convenient, and it looks like an answer to prayer. You know, well then, this must be God. Yeah. I'm gonna go after it. And it just doesn't work. And yeah. when, when all we have to do is say, Lord, unbiasedly, Lord, what, you know, what is you? What do you yeah. want me to do? Like uh, the Bible says and Jesus says in, in the book of John, he says, if you will to do his will, you'll know concerning the doctrine what's from the Lord and what's not. Yeah. So like if I have a desire, an unbiased desire to do his will, I'll yeah. know what's right. Yeah. And, and that right there is a place where people trip up because they assume that they want to do God's will. They assume that this flesh is playing no part in their desire for God's will. And so then they think, and I've done this. I've done it so many times. It's part of what helped teach me this is because I was doing it. And I have to still be diligent to not do it now. I, everyone does. We'll assume, okay, this is what, you know, so for example, well, I want to, uh, well, I'll, I'll give you a good example that happened some years ago. We decided we, it was time for us to get our name out there, to start doing some things in the community and everything. They were having the Stanley County Fair. And we decided we wanted to go and set up a table and give out waters, right? Mm -hmm. And so, of course, I'm sitting there. I didn't realize this. I had a bias. Uh, now, we're giving out waters for free. We're going to buy the waters, hand them to people to have water. Like, isn't that a good project? 
Isn't that good, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't, isn't God behind that as a church? We're giving out that water. Don't you think that was good? But see, here's the, I didn't know how wrong it was until the Lord started talking to me about it. See, and as I humbled myself in front of him, stayed in prayer, then the Lord spoke to me and he said, would you still go and pass out waters even if you couldn't put your uh, logo up and your banner up that says Boomerang Church? And I was like, and I realized in that moment, the majority of the reason we wanted to go pass out waters was to promote ourselves and promote our church. And I went, So now here's the thing. I thought I was doing that for God. If you'd asked me before he asked me that question, I said, we're doing this for God. But when he asked that defining question, I realized I'm doing this for us. We're doing this whole thing for us, for our ministry, for our kingdom. And I went, oh, my goodness, Lord. And so now if you would have asked me before that, I would have told you, we're going out here and we're doing this for the Lord. And I remember bringing that up to the ELT, bringing it up to the leadership team. I was like, this is what the Lord just asked me. And, <laughs> and I said, oh, my goodness. Because I knew as soon as he asked the question, because instantly, as soon as he asked the question, I was like, this was my thought. Well, what's the point of giving out water? <laughs> well, what's the point of even doing this? And the Holy Ghost was like, to serve people, to love on people. I was like, dang it. (laughs) Oh, man. And I'm supposed to be pastor. And I completely missed it. Now, if you'd asked me before that moment, I would have said, we are doing this for God. But we weren't. Our motivation was promotion and marketing. I said, okay, Lord. I said, are you telling me to not put it up? He was like, I'm not necessarily telling you. My, what I felt like the answer was, I'm not necessarily telling you to do it or not do it. I said, Lord, just since you've revealed this heart in us, you've revealed it at, at least this year, like we're not even going to put up a sign. We're not going to put up, have any marketing materials. We were going to have stuff out on the table and cards and you know flyers and our banner up and everything. I said, we're not going to put out anything. I said... He, and he said, he gave me permission to do one thing. He said, you can have some cards. Don't have them out on the table. If somebody asks you who you are, you're welcome to give it one. So that's what he told us to do. So that's what we did. And we did that. I think we did it the second year as well. Yeah, two or three years we didn't even do it. I think the third year we put up the banner, but the second year we didn't either. You know what was interesting was people were like, this is the wisdom of God. When our heart got right on it, here's what happened. People started going, who is that giving out water? They started asking, and it caused more of a stir yeah. on who we were than if we would have put up our name. Yeah. You know, and it was like, we just want to serve people. Yeah. And then we went in with that heart. It wasn't our heart when we started the project, but when God corrected us and we recognized the bias, we fixed that bias and we made it not about promoting boomerang, not about promoting a church or our kingdom, but made it about serving people that are, it's hot outside and you need a drink of water. Yeah. And man, and, and we're sitting there giving out these waters, not promoting ourselves. I'm telling you, we were blessed. Yeah. It was a blessing. And the whole week was just a blessing and people were blessed by it. And so, but that's how you can, like, I'm doing this for God. No, you weren't. You're doing it for yourself. I, did, I had no, I, 
I had no idea. I had no clue until he asked me that question, which is why humility is the antidote for deception. I was deceived, and it looks like we're doing a good thing. Anybody in the world would have said, you're doing a good thing. Anybody. But we weren't. And I had no idea until I humbled myself to talk to the Lord about it and to hear what he said. So... Would you say it's always connected to a fear, or is it something else that's uh, not necessarily fear or something else? Like in that moment, a fear could be, well, if we don't promote ourselves, what's going to happen? If we never promote ourselves, how will we reach people? Absolutely. That's all the thoughts I had right there. Yeah, I was thinking all that. Is bias normally connected to fear or unbelief? Well, it's a fear that the flesh won't get its way. That's what it is. You know, bias is a fear that the flesh won't get what it wants, you know, ultimately. Yeah. So, what was that? (laughs) Abby was saying smile. (laughs) Oh, so. Yeah, well, like, humility, like, I've recognized is is huge in this. Yes. You know, like, humbling yourself to recognize, hey, I possibly could have bias in this situation and in this scenario, you know? Yeah. Because there was a time when I wouldn't be able, willing to admit oh yeah i probably have bias in this but you know like yeah being willing to to just recognize like well it's like what um first corinthians ten twelve when it says don't let anyone think too highly of himself lest he fall you know yep like and that's when it says there's no temptation that is common to, that is not yeah. common to mankind but god's faithful you know like but but don't let any man think too highly of himself so basically oh i don't have bias like there have been times when i'm like oh i don't think i have bias i was telling you yesterday you know where i like i, I was listening to it, i'm like i think I'm, I'm pretty good at this and then and then i recognized it you know that's when the the little red flag yeah. came up ah oh, i'm yeah. so good at humility i'm so good at it <laughs> but like but like like I, I i try to keep that that yeah. verse in my mind you know let no man think too highly of himself lest he fall like you even see Paul talking about, you know, I could miss it, you know, and, um, you know, like otherwise I myself could become a castaway. You know, That's like, right. Like Paul, if Paul, if Paul, you know, who yeah. wrote two thirds of the New Testament, recognized his ability. He, the Great one wrote, point. Recognized his ability to have bias, you know, his ability yeah. to, to think too highly of himself. You know, if he could recognize that, how much more do we need to recognize it? Yeah. You know, that there, there is a potential bias that, like, going into a decision, I need to step back and say, okay, is there any bias in this whatsoever? Yeah. If there is, I need to remove it. Yeah. I think, and you asked earlier, like, how can I recognize the red flags of being in bias? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be more apt for us to just assume that bias is always knocking at the door. So don't go into a decision, you know, looking, well, when I sense bias, I'll deal with it. No, go into a decision knowing that bias is trying to come in. It's it's trying to break into the decision. So let me, what I'll do is I'll ask myself, what do I want to do? You know, what do I in the flesh, not the spirit man, but the flesh, what do I in the flesh want to do? What does my flesh want? Because if I can recognize what my flesh wants, mm-hmm. then I can dissect what the motivation is. Mm-hmm. And if I can dissect the motivation, then I, that is an option that's now off the table. Mm-hmm. That's not God. Because the flesh and the spirit always are at war with each mm-hmm. other, the Word says. So I, what does my flesh want to do? So if I'm, you know, in other words, I would say, like, go back to the 
go back to the situation of um, you know giving out the water, right? What I should do going into that situation is I should say I wasn't doing this at the time, although I was learning it, but I wasn't actively doing this all the time, but I, I, I'll do it now, is why are we wanting to have this table? Well, to promote ourselves, you know, to, to serve people and promote ourselves. Okay, the promote ourselves, that's God's business, right? So I need to remove that whole reasoning out of there. Do we actually just want to go and serve people? So that's, and, and we've given out water like that for years now at, at places. Every time they have an event, we try to show up and give out waters to people. Why? Because we want to serve the community. We changed our heart back then in that original thing, and we made that the purpose. Do we want to go serve people? You know, and we really do. We, we honestly do. That's our reasoning. You know, it, would we do it? And that's a good question that we ask to kind of locate any bias. Would we go do this even if we couldn't tell anybody who we were? Couldn't wear our little boomerang shirts. Couldn't have our little cards with us. Yeah. Would we still serve them? Yeah. So that's the whole point is would we do this if our payment only came in spiritual ways from the Lord, not in adding people to the body, not in looking good? You know, If nobody even knew who we were, would well, we still do it? Mm-hmm. And, and now not only does that need to be in us and me and in the leadership, it needs to be in the people. So I ask that. So in other words, every time I go to a decision or we're doing a project, why are we doing this? You know, are we doing it just to you know, get new people, advance our kingdom, advance my family's finances, you know, just to have fun? So like going back to the, you know, the anniversary with George and Barrett, you know, when they come up and pastor says, I don't, I don't think you're supposed to go. Like, I don't know why. Then immediately they have to figure out why am I going in the first place? Is this, am I going on this trip because you ordained it or am I going on this trip because we want to take it? You see, am I going at your command or am I going at a desire of the flesh to go and vacate? You see, and that's the issue. So that's where, in other words, every decision, especially your major decisions, I'm assuming that bias is trying to break in. So let me locate where that bias is. And then I can, now the decision becomes more clear. Now I can see clearly without the pressure of a bias. Yeah. I think one deception that I've seen a lot and I've seen a lot of people say is something like, well, as far as the vacation, if, if, if they had that situation of, you know what, I have a check on you going to vacation. I think a lot of people would then be like, well, but God wants me to have fun. Like God wants me to, God wants me to rest. God wants me to have time. So I don't know why. And and they would get kind of defensive. Like, well, that's, that's a great point. That's, you know, you're either being controlling or you're thinking that God's not loving. God is so loving. So God wants me to go on my vacation on this day because I have a desire to. He wants to give me the desires of my heart. And also God gives us a choice. And, you know, I don't have a check on it and God loves me. So I'm going to do this because God's so nice. You just gave (laughs) straight out of the pits of hell. Yeah. Thinking, and every one yeah. of us have thought that it way. Sounds it sounds really good, though. Yeah, it sounds it holy. Sounds... It sounds like we stamped God on it, but it's not. And I've heard it a lot. Yeah. I've heard it a lot. And, yeah. and, and trying to make the argument 
uh, not the argument, but then when you uh, like when you try to defend it with yeah. scripture or whatever, people are like, "Well, you're just being legalistic, or you're being controlling, or yeah. you know, God's a good God, so I don't know why you're doing this." Yeah, they don't realize that that's straight up flesh talking. And, and this is one question that's always good to ask: is why am I being so defensive of this? Like, if I threw it away and threw it on the altar, couldn't God defend me? In other words, couldn't God give me the vacation if that's what he really wanted anyway and provide it and give me the time? But see, we take it, right? Yeah. And um, that you're, what you just said, that was such a great example of straight from the flesh, straight out of the pits of hell, how we will stamp God on something, but God didn't author it yeah. at all. The issue is here's, here's what's being thrown away in that moment. I'm not trusting God to provide for it and give me direction on it and give me wisdom. Yeah. I'm making, who's on the throne at that moment? We would say God is. We would say, but God's not really on the throne. We're doing what we want because we feel like we deserve it, because we feel like we need it. We're, we're making the decision. We haven't heard that from the Lord. Yeah. You see, we haven't heard. And well, well, he doesn't always talk to us like that. Yes, he does. We just read these scriptures. When we seek him with all our heart, he will be found by us. We will find him. So see, that's an absolute promise. The issue is we're not willing to go and hear his answer. Have you heard, honestly, have you had a lot of people criticize you for this? Uh, oh, say, yeah. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> very, <laughs> like, have you had a lot, because I know just in my experience, I've, I've had some people criticize me. Have you had the people criticize of like, well, do you need God to tell you when to brush your teeth? So like, get very like, you know, have that yes, attitude. Absolutely. And I guess you have to be, be okay with that. Yeah, well, it's it's their loss. See, that's that's a pride that feels. I always it's it's funny to me how often we will defend ungodliness or defend a pride instead of finding a reason to defend humility. Right. So, like for example, if you have to, like I don't want to push into things that are questionable if they're God or not. If I've got to find ways that this is God, it probably isn't God. Yeah. You know, I, I look at that with like, you know, some different, you know, like one of them that's big to me is like yoga. It's like if you, you know, you've got all the influences, you have all the influences of religions that are not based in Jesus in that. And, but we're finding all the reasons why it's okay. Like, if you've got to defend why it's okay and it's not coming from Scripture and you've got to really search for why it's okay, then there's a problem there. You're, you're, you're stretching to make something okay that is at the very least questionable. And the Bible says, abstain from the appearance of evil. So I've given you Scripture to make this this is very clear, but that's the issue. People are biased, and they're in the flesh. They've stamped God on it, so they think they're right. So when you bring this up, instead of receiving it in humility, they feel like they have to defend themselves because they don't want, no way could they be wrong in that way. That's, and you have, they have to defend themselves. And now they find themselves trying to defend something that's questionable, where they should be, look, hey, that's a potential to be evil and to be off, 
Let me abstain from that until I have some real answers. That's what humility does. But, but that's where they don't realize how attached they are and how biased they are. And so when you tell them, I don't think you ought to do that, they're like, oh, no, I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it, you know. And, and their flesh, is, they want to do it. Which is so. proof that it's wrong. <laughs> it is. It's, yeah. yeah, it's when, proof. When yeah. people have like this manifestation of, no, this no, is I'm, what I'm doing. I'm this doing this. Well, you You're know, not telling me I'm going to go do precious, this. My precious, yeah, you yeah. know, like you could t- oh, there, there probably is something to it then. There's an it's, issue it's like, there. It's I promise evidence. you now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Right yeah. Now. yeah. Yeah. It's a, so it's like when we have that reaction, that ought to be something that goes, oh, whoa. Who's telling me what to do, yeah. you know? And see, the issue is because we want to be in control. The nature of that is sin. Mm-hmm. I want to be in control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That goes all the way back to the garden. And so a life that's yielded, if Jesus is Lord, Lord, I'm yours to command. Mm-hmm. That's humility. You tell me, if you told me to stop it right now, just because of the question's on the table, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You know, that's what we did at that giving out water. Just because you brought up the question, yeah. we're, you, you didn't tell me to not put up the sign, but because you brought up the question of whether or not the sign was really, you know, putting up our name out there was really of God or not, just because you brought up the question, I'm not going to do it this time. At the very least this time, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Just so that we move, we sow a heart of serving mm-hmm. into our community. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you know, just... Yes, I've been attacked many times in that way. And not just attacked, just many times the attack is, I'm not listening to you anymore. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And, and it shows that, that that's something that, they've, that they're not willing to lay down for, for the sake of the kingdom. It's become an idol for them. That's exactly you know? right. And uh, yep. it just it reminds me of uh, you know, in, in Exodus, whenever Moses went up to the mountain, and they're like, yeah. uh, Aaron, make us a, a, you know, a golden calf. You know, so they, yeah. they gave this big offering, they fashioned this calf, and then they begin to call it Yahweh. Yeah. You know, they said, this is the God who took us out of the land of Egypt. Yeah. So, like, in this deception and in this kind of bias, like, this is what we're familiar with, this is what we're comfortable with, this is what we want. Like, usually today we, we think, oh, I would have never made a, a golden calf and worshipped it, you know. Yes. Yeah. We, we think that, but then we, we have these things yeah. that, that we say, no, this is God. This is yeah. the God of the Bible. This is what he's said. Yeah. This is what he's doing. And we're literally, there's this golden calf that we're, we're hugging, saying, this is Yahweh, you know, the Lord that, that delivered this us. This is God. This is Jesus. This is God. When, when in reality, it's not at all. You're hugging this, this idol that, you, that you're that not you've willing. That you've created out of bias. Yeah, and, yeah. and you're not willing to, to lay it on the altar. Like there were a bunch of people that ha- that died out of that. You know, yeah. That ha- had to die. Literally, <laughs> I love Moses' response. He took it, burned it, ground it into powder, threw it in the water, and said, "Drink it." <laughs> like, yeah. Because like, that's how serious God God looks yeah. at this. You know, like He doesn't take this kind of stuff lightly. Yeah. And we shouldn't either. No, we shouldn't. It's an idol. It's come between us and God. Mm-hmm. And so that's a real deal that's happening mm-hmm. all the time in the American church. Yeah. And people don't even know it. And then they get mad at you when you try to bring it up. And, yeah. and that's where humility is the antidote yeah. to that. And mm-hmm. we have to say, you know what, if that's even a question, yeah. then let me abstain from the appearance of it. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's evil, but it's the appearance of evil. Mm-hmm. It, it's a question. Yeah. Let, me, let me definitely back up. Mm-hmm. And let me put this thing on the altar and see yeah. if the fire of God sustains it or burns it. Yeah. yeah. You know, let me let me see. And and so people are not willing to do that. They want to hold on to my precious in that way. And 
we've got to back off of that thinking. So, you know, I'm going to give you right now, I'll give you some ways where you can look at and see that bias. But I want you to hear this. I'm going to give you some examples, but then uh, listen to the end of the story because some people could take the examples and, and then try to argue that in God. But listen to the end of the story, okay? So the first thing is, what if God tells you right now, uh, go empty your bank account and bring it to the church? I mean, empty it out. You know, I, now there was multiple times for Nicole and I, we're like, oh, that's two bucks, great, that's no problem. <laughs> but what if you actually have built up some savings, you know, and you've got thousands in there? God says, go empty every account you have and sow it. Yeah. You know, well, he wouldn't tell me to do that. That's bias. That's bias, right? What if he told you right now, the relationship that you're in, not a spouse, he's not going to tell you to divorce a spouse, but he told you right now, the relationship that you're in, break it, it's not a me, I don't want you to have that relationship ever again. You know, people, well, he wouldn't do that. Oh, yes, he would. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. What if, what if right now he told you, uh, you are never going to be married you're, going, you're not married and you're wanting to be married. You're never going to be married. He wants you to be single for the rest of your life. Well, God wouldn't do that. He, you know, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. You know, he would do that. He told Paul that. He told Paul that. But see, the issue is, are we more attached to the idea of it, and which means we're biased? You see? What, what if he told you right now, you have your home, and he told you... Um, he told you to go sell your home. Sell your home. And see, this is what he actually exactly did to the rich young ruler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Sell what you have and give it to the poor. Mm-hmm. Is exactly what he did. Yeah. Because that stuff had him. He, was, he exposed his bias. The question is, which response are we going to have? Yeah. All right. Now, the issue is, some, the, the response about that would be, well, God would never tell me to do those things. Those are too drastic. Yes, he would tell you to do those things. Mm-hmm. He would tell you to do those things. The question is this. The question is, if we're not willing to give it, you know, well, give me your son and slay him on the altar. Yes, he would tell you to do these things that seem illogical. Sell your business that is your only means of income. Yes, he does tell people to do those things. The issue is he does that as a seed, so you have a right to a harvest in that way. The difference is what's the harvest? You may be thinking the harvest is one thing. God has another harvest in mind. But the issue is he would tell you, and just because he asked you to give it on one hand doesn't mean he won't give it to you later on. You know, For me, he told me to give him that idea of being a pastor at one point. I gave that to him, and little did I know that that right heart of being willing to sow that would turn me into that pastor, yeah. right? Yeah. That I would sow, I'm willing to take what I thought was your promise put it on the altar, and when I did that, it got my heart in the place where I could actually be what he called me to be, yeah. right? And then he man- and you can see what he's manifesting now. So the, the issue is, see, we don't trust him beyond that moment is the issue. The bias will not trust God beyond the moment of giving up the bias. Yeah. And the, a bias will say, I, I can't do that right now. So think about the rich young ruler. What would have happened if he would have sowed all of that? Yeah. Do you know what his harvest would have been? That man would have been wealthy 
Because he just said, look, in that same story in Mark chapter 10, he goes right after that, and the disciples are like, whoa, what happened? And, then, and he, says, he says, no one will sow in this time and, reap, and not reap a hundredfold now in this time mm-hmm. and in the time to come yeah. and now in this time. In other words, he just said if that guy would have sowed, he would have reaped 100% of what God wanted him to reap in the earth, mm-hmm. not just in heaven. And he would have probably, he was the only one outside of the, the apostles, the, the 12 disciples. He was the only one that Jesus said, come and follow me. Yeah. He would have been an apostle, yeah. probably taking the place of Judas. But now we don't even know what his name is. So he thought he was giving up a lot. God, that was nothing. That was, that was nothing. Yeah. He's like, God, God, I can get this back to you so quick and so fast and make your head spin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But see, he didn't trust God beyond that moment. Yeah. He only trusted God. He trusted what he had in his hands. Mm-hmm. That became his idol. Yeah. And that's that bias. So this is all over the word, but it's not something that we think affects us, but it does affect us all the time because built into this flesh is a desire for bias. And that bias is not always, it's not just always present, it's always trying to break in because it's trying to get us, that bias is trying to get us to give a piece of our heart to something other than God constantly. But God says, if you'll deal with that and you'll work on that and you'll humble yourself, you will search for me and you will find me. I will be found by you. You will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Some of the greatest promises ever. I was like, Lord, I never want to miss you. He's like, give give me your whole heart. Okay, I'm yours. I'm all in, you know. And, And all of a sudden, things changed, you know. Things changed in our life in that way, so. But see, people, they, they don't think that God would even ever, ever ask them, well, you're not going to ask me to do that. He might. And if you keep saying that, he will. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you keep saying he'd never ask me for that. He will because you're, you're setting an absolute up as an idol in front of him. And he's like, no, you keep talking like that and you let it get a hold of you that much. He would never do that. Oh, yeah, he would. Yes, he would. Now, there'll be a harvest attached to it, but he would ask you for it. And so, you know, the more you try to cling to something, the more you'll lose it. Yeah. There's a scripture that says that. Yeah. Yeah. There's always, I know in my experience, there's always good behind getting rid of a bias. There's always, and even the issues, the issues that it can uncover of, okay, there's a fear here, or there's a selfishness here, or there's something here. As it gets uncovered, everything always goes up. Like if, if there's a bias and the root of it is, well, I'm not trusting God to, to, to guide me in this. Yeah. Then I see, oh, there's, an, there's a lack of trust in, or a lack of understanding God's goodness. Yeah. Well, let me receive and see, let me receive God's goodness and receive a revelation of God's yeah. goodness and, and everything just goes up. And then, but if not, then there's a gap there of, well, I, I don't see God's goodness in this. I'm, I'm not letting myself see God's goodness in this area. Yeah. And there's always a deficiency there. Yeah. But as you uncover this, it's like everything just goes up. Yeah, it unlocks God's goodness in full, not just in part. Yeah. So, yeah. And there's a bias in, do I need to hear this message? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> there's a bias. Like, I don't need to hear this message. There's a bias toward, I already understand this. No, we don't. 
We don't. Like even as I'm saying, I, I've had revelation of it. I'm teaching this, but I can tell you even as I'm sitting here now, I was like, man, I needed this message myself. Mm-hmm. I needed to hear this and meditate on this again. Mm-hmm. I need to keep it fresh and present. You know, there's a bias. We think we've arrived. That arrival mentality is such an evil thing, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So Anyway, amen. amen. <laughs> exciting stuff. You know why it's exciting? It's it is exciting, and yeah. the reason it's exciting is because this unlocks the fullness of what God has planned for yeah. you. Yeah. That's why it's exciting. Yeah, the lid that we put yeah. on it has well, been removed. When you get a hold of this, you realize I have I have limited myself. Mm-hmm. I've limited, and now think about that. Think about the rich young ruler. Mm-hmm. He was completely limited by this world's finances. Jesus, if he would have heard the message, that bias kept him back from the explosion of God's harvest. That bias. But now when if he, think about what would have happened if he would have removed that bias. The world. He says, I'll I'll give you the world. Everything I have is yours. Lord, this is, this is why this message is so good is the Lord's trying to get us to come back home and see, that prodigal son was biased that he thought the only way pleasure could come was away from his house. Yeah. But then when he was willing, when he came to himself and woke up, he realized even I, I'll humble myself to my father's house. I'll go be a servant. At least they have it better. He comes back. He finds out, oh, my goodness, I don't, I'm not just a servant. I'm a son again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, a chi- I'm his child again. Yeah. So, yeah, Amen. So if this is ministered to you, (laughs) that's awesome. Hannah says, yep, this little biased piggy went (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye. Kevin said, woo, God wants my money. Yeah, yeah, because he's going to bless it. He says that means he's never going to replace it. He's going to replace it with greater, always. Barrett said, so many toes are being stepped on. <laughs> Bye-bye, bias toes. <laughs> Kevin said, okay, too close, Pastor. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> and, uh, oh, good, he put the laughing emoji after it. So he's good. He's good. <laughs> he's good. Amen. And then Hannah said, yep, this little bias piggy went bye-bye. <laughs> I, think he, I think Kevin had a song that he made up, too. He said, I can see clearly now the bias is gone. <laughs> I can see clearly now the bias is my, gone. My brain went there, too. Yeah. Really? Actually. Hannah said hers did, too. Yeah. On what? The song. The song, the song yeah. <laughs> yeah, amen. Amen. Well, we love you so much. And what are we doing? We're uncapping the potential that God wants to get into your life. Does anybody out there receive an uncapped destiny? Taking the limits off of your destiny. Taking the limits off of that. Father, we just thank you for it right now. And we praise you and we worship you. Lord, let us see so clearly. Let us not just, you know, wait for bias to present itself. But Father, let us know that bias is always trying to break in. Lord, it's trying to break in all the time. And so we'll just deal with it in every decision. We'll just yield to it. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I do want to say one thing because you mentioned, you know, you can hear people, well, is God going to tell you to brush your teeth too? So what you do is you just move forward, you know, in it. There's a flow in God. In other words, at one point, I took this and the leading of God where it was very wooden, kind of step by step by step by step by step by step by step. 
And it was so wooden, it was not a flow, it wasn't life, it wasn't the fullness of life. It was better for me to ask him than to not ask him, but he said, I want you to learn my flow. In other words, get in fellowship with him, and he'll show us when to make those corrections. In other words, it was my fellowship with him that asked the question, why are you doing this outreach? Why are you handing out these waters? So if we will get in an intimate fellowship with him, he'll help us to recognize the bias but it's a flow. It's not a stop and do everything. He's already told us to take care of our body, so we brush our teeth. We don't have to stop and ask God to brush our teeth. You know, He's already told us to uh, have church, so I don't have to ask him what time do we start every Sunday morning. You know, He's given us a plan, and we follow that plan. But we always keep our ears open for instruction, new instruction, yeah. correction, or redirection. We always keep our ears open for that, and that gives us a flow. Yeah. Amen. But in those moments, you're still asking. It's not like I'm still well, seeking. It's yeah. It's not like, well, yeah. if God needs me to know something, He'll He'll knock on my door and tell yeah. me. Yeah. When I'm making a decision that's not an everyday decision, like right now, I'm I just finished making the decision yesterday about a trip. I'd planned on taking a trip. I generally take this trip. But I, I just, when I'd go to get the airline tickets, I wouldn't feel right about it. And so I saw, I was praying about that. My bias is, I have two biases in it. My bias is, one, I want to go because I want to see people and be around people. And, and, and I want to have those connections. And those connections can be important. I'll, I'll tell you this. I have a bias that those connections can also open doors right? Yeah. A logical bias on it. And that's true. And God uses that stuff. So I recognize that. That's not godly. That's the flesh. Trying, I recognize that. So there's a bias there. Plus there's a bias. That's one side of it. The other side is they're friends and I want to be around my friends. I want to see them, right? So yeah. I have another bias. So a third bias that says, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to stay home. Right? <laughs> right. So I've got to take all of those and get them off the table and say, all right, Lord, what do you want me to do? Well, he's already written that in peace in my heart to not go. So that's my answer. Regardless of those, regardless of that one, I have peace in my heart and there's a flow. So anything that's outside the daily norms that I've already discussed with God, once he's told me what to do, I can stay in that flow. Once he's told me what to do, I can just stay in that flow. But if he hasn't told me what to do, then I definitely need to examine what are my biases, kick those off the table of decision-making, and hear from the leading of the Holy Spirit in my heart. Let the Holy Spirit lead my spirit, and that, let the peace of God, Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule in my heart. And so, and I checked it. I confirmed it with Nicole. I said, hey, this is what I'm, actually, I said, what do you think about this without telling her what I was thinking? And uh, she said the exact words to describe what was happening in me. And I said, yeah, I feel like that. And I actually feel like this word, she went exactly. That's exactly. So she had the exact same leading I had. And um, so, and then I reached out to another one of my spiritual leaders. I said, hey, here's what I'm having. And they said, I think you're hearing correctly. So I, even I checked that stuff because, and well, it's just one trip. Yeah, it's just one trip that can throw everything off. Or yeah. it can be, I can be out of place when I need to be somewhere else. It can, you know, that, the Lord knows that stuff. That's why we trust him. See, a lot of times we just don't trust relationship with him enough. And we're not, our fellowship with him has not been close enough 
that we believe that he'll talk to us. We, we've gone through periods of time where we felt like he wasn't talking to them. So I'm like, I'm not going to trust hearing from them because I, there have been moments where I haven't heard them. Well, that's a lack of faith. Yeah. But he said, if I'll give him my whole heart, he's made me a promise. I will be found by you, he said. Yeah. So the only issue is, do I get right? Not if he gets right. Yeah. If I, He says, if you'll get right, I'm there. I'll be there for you. So yeah. Makes sense? Yeah. So sense. Hallelujah. Well, we praise God for you. We love you. If you would like to sow today, you want to walk in less bias. You want to uncap that potential. You do that literally. The Bible shows this. We talked about it yesterday. You do that by sowing into a message that has something that you're wanting to have fruit in. If you want to have less bias, uncap that potential, you can sow seed into it. Lord, I want to sow into this message. I also want to sow into getting this message out. And, of course, we're not just talking all, every message on bias. We're getting the good news of Jesus Christ out to the world all the time. If you want to be a partner with us, you can go to giveww.org. And Facebook, you can type in hashtag uh, donate followed by the amount. Cash app is cashtag GiveWW. Venmo is at GiveBC. Uh, PayPal is paypal.me slash GiveBC. Text to give. Even cryptocurrency, you're welcome to do any of that. You can find all of those details. You can give once or give a recurring gift at GiveWW.org. You can do that all the time. Give once a week, once a month. Partner with us to get that word out. We pray for you all the time. We're lifting you up. We're believing God. We're sowing for you. Um, that's something we do as a ministry all the time. We sow on your behalf so that you might have fruit. And just to give an example of that, we sow for the people all the time at Boomerang. And one of the words the Lord gave us, not only is it our year of increase, but the parking lot is going to be filled with new cars. Yeah. And we got like 10 or 12 new cars this year out yeah. there. It's, it's, it's awesome. Like, yeah. it's great. And uh, God is doing such great things. Uh, but we, that's, that's the kind of ministry you want to partner with is one that's yeah. believing for you and moving on your behalf. Uh, we don't just receive on your behalf. We sow on your behalf. And we want that harvest to come to you. So uh, we praise God for you. If y'all would, just pray that the, every seed that's sown today would be blessed and multiplied. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, Father God, right now we just thank you. Thank in you, Lord. In Jesus' name for every seed sown today. Father, thank you, Lord, that you are even in this moment stirring people's hearts to sow into this broadcast. Yeah. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that those seeds planted in faith will be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, will be pouring over into their yes. lives. Father, thank you, Lord, God, that that those who reap will those who sow will reap with yes. shouts of joy. Yeah. Father, I thank you, Lord, that there will be mighty testimonies, God, from the yeah. seed sown today. And we believe it, we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do you have anything to add to it? All that right. was great. Amen. Did y'all get something out of it today? Yes, sir. Glory to yes, God. Did y'all get something out of it today? If you did, like it, share it, subscribe, hit the bell. Uh, there's somebody you know that needs us. This will help their life and to get on track and to stay off of the wrong track. Yeah. And uh, glory to God. We love you so very much. If you didn't hear yesterday's, go back and listen to yesterday's broadcast. It was really some foundation for this. And today we got some of the other pieces out. So we'll be back tomorrow at 1130. We love you. Here is Abigail to wrap it up. Hey, guys. I just want to let you know. 
one super simple way that you can help this broadcast right now is to share it. So if you're on YouTube, there's a little arrow underneath this video that says share. And if you click on that, it'll say copy link. Now what you can do is you can copy that link, you can share it to Facebook, share it to Twitter. You can also just text it out to your friends and family. And that's a great way to help us get this word out to as many people as we can, get this word out from the Lord to them to change their lives forever. And also, if you're on Facebook, there's the simple share button that you can share on Facebook. Like this video and make sure, if you're on YouTube, to hit the bell and that will notify you <laughs> every time that we go live. Guys, we only go live once a day. It's not going to be blowing up your phone, but that way you won't miss it. And maybe tomorrow you can beat Johnny in the comments. <laughs> so there's a challenge for you. We are going to see you guys tomorrow at 1130. We have a great broadcast for you tomorrow. We'll see you there.